Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to use these two verses as kind of a jump-off point this morning. And then look at a bunch of other scriptures this morning. I'm preaching a, a message entitled, Are You Faithful? And when I was thinking about what characteristic is so important for godly fathers, for dads that, that uh, want to serve the Lord, want to make a difference in their family, want to make a difference in the workplace, want to make a difference at church, uh, want to make a difference in their community. Uh, the, the, the thing that came to my mind uh, was the fact that uh, we need to be, as dads, we need to be faithful. Now, this, this message can apply to er everyone and anyone this morning who is saved, who's trusted Christ as Savior. But, but I'm going to aim it this morning particularly to the fathers. Uh, dads, uh, we need more faithful dads in America. Uh, one of the reasons why I believe America is crumbling today is because as fathers, we have not, uh, many have not uh, stepped up and, and taken uh, the rightful stand and the rightful place as being faithful, faithful men. Um, one of my, my favorite passages of scripture is uh, in the Old Testament. It talks about, uh, talks about Abraham. And I've preached on it many times on Father's Day, several times on Father's Day. And the, the, the passage basically says this, I won't quote it, but it says that God knew Abraham, and because he knew him and he knew what kind of man he was, and he knew that the faithfulness of the man, he said he knew that he would raise up his family to follow the Lord, and that, uh, that uh, not only would, would uh, he do right, but also his, his family would do right, because they would follow his example, and he would lead them in the right way. That's really what faithfulness is all about. It's just loving God, serving God, and, and uh, encouraging others to do likewise in a consistent basis. Let's all stand together, if you would. And we're going we're gonna to read the verses together out loud in unison. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and just the first two verses, verses 1 and 2. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1. Let's read together. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I'm thankful for every father that's here this morning. I'm thankful, God, for the testimony that they have. I'm thankful, uh, God, that we have men in this church who take a stand for what's right. We have men in this church who lead their families and that get and spend time uh, in their Bibles and spend time in prayer and are a witness uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for that. But, God, there's something that all of us could improve on, and that is on our faithfulness. And we ask, God, that, that uh, you might speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, not just dads, but also moms, also uh, children that are here today, that we might realize that, uh, that it is so important for us to be faithful to you. We just ask God that, that you would guide and direct this message. I pray, Lord, that you would 
keep our minds focused on what the Word of God says. I pray, Lord, that you would give me the power and the ability to preach. Uh, Lord, don't, please, please don't let Dave Dunbar get in the way of what needs to be accomplished in hearts today. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for the work that you do. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, amen. You may be seated. The, the scripture says it is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. Now, what a steward is, is just simply a, a, a person who has is, is been uh, given the caretakership over something that belongs to someone else. The truth of the matter is, we don't own anything. It's all God's, amen? The earth is the, Lord and, and the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so all we are is just simply stewards and caretakers. But, but to me, it's a very, uh, very encouraging verse because it says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. It doesn't say talented. Doesn't say good looking, isn't that good, guys? Uh, it doesn't say it doesn't say uh, it doesn't say that that uh, we need to have great mental ability. Uh, it doesn't say that we have to make a lot of money and have a big job. It doesn't say any of those things. It says it's required of stewards that a man be found faithful. I like that because anybody can do that who's saved. Anybody can be faithful, and and that's our job is to be faithful. You know, if, if your character could be summed up in just one word, what word would you like it to be? Well, I, 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 honestly, I, I, I'd, like, I'd like my character to be able to be summed up in one word, the word faithful. Just faithful. Um, a, a general definition of faithfulness is one who keeps up a particular practice with regularity. Not on and off, not hot and cold, but is consistent. And I've kind of boiled that down into a, a little bit shorter, um, a shorter uh, definition for those of us that are saved. And, and that is that faithfulness is, is being consistent in belief and practice. Not just what we say we believe, but also what we do and having, be, having and being a consistent example. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 23 talks about uh, what, what God could say to us when we see him someday face to face. And it says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. That ought to be one of our greatest desires is that we would hear that from God when we see him face to face. Second uh, Timothy chapter two and verse two says, uh, Paul's speaking to Timothy, he's a young preacher, Timothy is. Paul's an older experienced preacher. And he says, and the things thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. The only, the only requirement of, of passing on the truth uh, so that it can be passed on to others was, to, was for him to find faithful men. And then in Luke chapter 18 and verse 8, it says this. It says, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? And of course, the implied answer is no. I, I really believe with all my heart that we are coming down to the final stretch. The Bible says you, don't, you won't know the day or the hour when the Lord will return. But folks, uh, we can know the times and the seasons. 
All right? The times and the seasons are now. And I'm not just, I'm not just saying that as rhetoric. I'm not just mouthing something I believe for, for years. The truth of the matter is I believe the Lord will be coming soon. He'll be coming soon. When he comes, guys, will he find you faithful? When he comes, will he say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. What I want to look at this morning is what are some characteristics, and really only in two areas, some, just some characteristics of people that are faithful, particularly men that are faithful. And uh, the two areas are, in the, number one, in the areas of what faithful men say, what come out of their lips. And then secondly, what faithful men do in particular or when, when they're serving God. How do they, how do faithful men, how do faithful people serve? Take your Bibles and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 11. The first four things are dealing with the things a faithful man says. Proverbs 11. In Proverbs chapter 11, look down in verse 13. It says, a talebearer revealeth secrets. But he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. A, a person who is faithful doesn't reveal secrets, but knows how to, how to conceal matters, uh, knows how to, to keep confidences. If you're faithful, people can trust you with, with confidences. Uh, if you know, if, if a faithful person knows something bad about a person, he doesn't run around and tell other people unless it's absolutely necessary. You know, it goes back to Matthew 18, where it says that if a, if a, if a man trespass against us, we should go see him alone. We ought to confront him about the thing. It does not say uh, go on, you know, go on Instagram, go on uh uh, Facebook and slam the person or call them up and slam. No, 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 no. No, don't repeat it to anybody. Honestly, can I tell you something, guys? All the bad things that happen to you at work and the people that, that mistreat you and that are sometimes jerks and idiots, okay? Now, I, I, can't, I can't say that because that's not, you know, not, that's not my workplace, but I know it's your workplace. And, uh, and, and, and it's really true. But can I tell you something, guys? Your wife doesn't need to hear all that junk. She doesn't need to hear that. She's had a tough day, too. She wants encouraging words. She doesn't need to be defiled with all the, all, all the, the, the uh, things that have, that have uh, happened to you with individuals that day. I'm not saying don't ever confide in her when it comes to your troubles and so forth. You ought to do that. But it's not necessary to, to tell them about all the bad things about all the, the people that you work with. Uh, a faithful man, if he knows something bad about a person, he, he just doesn't repeat it unless it's necessary. You know what we used to call this as, a, as kids? Don't be a what? Tattletale, okay? A tattletale. Don't be a tattletale. Uh, you know what our, what our country is encouraging people to do now? Be tattletales. You, you know, you see somebody who is, is doing something that is not good for, for health. Oh, my word, my word, they're not wearing a mask. Uh, you know, call up somebody, blow them in. 
No, no, no. Go see him. Talk to him. Uh, make an appeal to them about the thing. But, but uh, uh, a person who is faithful will conceal matters rather than just you know, regurgitate all the, all the garbage that they see in here. You, you ought to have a, gentlemen, you ought to have a rule around your house. And you ought to enforce the rule. And, and the rule is this. The rule is that there are some things that happen inside the walls of our house that we don't share with anybody. That, that really ought to be. You say, what, why, terrible things? No, it's just personal private stuff sometimes that happens. And when dads and moms go on out and tell everybody everything that's going on in, in the house, or, a, a, for instance, uh, let's just say before you leave for work, uh, your wife and you have a little disagreement, let's say, okay? And there's some head, head not, not literal head knocking, but uh, there's some idea knocking that goes on. And, uh, and you go to work. Now, a lot of you guys know guys that you work with. They come in and they talk about the old battle axe. Now, I hope nobody ever talks about his wife like that around here. I, I don't care whether it's at work or where it is. You should never talk. Listen. Everybody ought to know one thing about you guys, and that is that you love your wife. I've said this over and over again, and I believe with all my heart, one of the great, there's two great things that you can give your kids. Number one, loving God, first and foremost. But number two, loving your wife and your kids and everybody around you know it. They know that you love her. And so, so you know, the, the home ought to be a place where, you know, we, we, we've, had, we've had a lot of wild things go on in the Dunbar household. And uh, there, there, are, there are special speakers like Brother Ingalls, who, uh, you know, I, I told him one time, I says, listen, you know, we could put you up in a, in a hotel. He says, hotel? Absolutely not. He says, I want to stay at your house. He says, there's no entertainment in the hotel. There's all kinds of entertainment in the Dunbar house. <laughs> Well, that's true. Uh, hopefully he doesn't go out and tell everybody about all the kind of entertaining things that he saw. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, th there, ought to, there ought to be uh, freedom in your house, and a faithful man will conceal matters. A faithful man is someone that you can confide in. Second characteristic of, 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 of faithfulness, go to Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14, look down in verse, verse 5. Proverbs 14, 5. It says, A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. A, uh, a person who's faithful is one who tells the truth. They're trustworthy. Uh, you, can, you can count on their word. Uh, Bible says, let your yea be yea and let your nay be nay. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If uh, you, you say you're not going to do something, then don't do it. Uh, but you should be known by your words. And when you make a promise to someone to do something, uh, it, it, ought to, it ought to be fulfilled. And if it's not fulfilled, can I tell you, well, some of the, 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 the most powerful words 
that a father can say to either his wife or his children is, I was wrong. And then will you forgive me? Those are powerful words. Uh, does that mean we'll never slip up? Does that mean we'll, you know, a faithful man uh, never, never falls? No, no, but a faithful man can be known by his word. Uh, are, are you quick to admit blame? Or, or do, you, do you blame someone or something else? You know, that's one of the, the huge differences, uh, huge contrast between the first king of Israel and the second king of Israel. first king of Israel was Saul, and, and uh, uh, the second king of Israel was David. Saul, whenever he was caught with anything, he immediately blamed somebody or something else. He never immediately says, I was wrong. But then you look at David, and David's track record was one that if, if David got, got, uh, got called on the carpet for sin, he'd just say, you're right, I've sinned. I've sinned against God. I've done wrong. He was immediate to, to admit that he did wrong, and he was immediate to get the thing right. I mean, he didn't just say, I'm wrong, and then go out and just continue his bad behavior. He stopped what he was doing, and he got that thing right. Psalm 51 is a psalm of repentance after Bathsheba and after ordering Bathsheba's husband's uh, 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 death. And uh, you find that you find that uh, uh, in that in that passage, he immediately goes to God, admits what he did, admits his sin, and asks God to forgive him. That's a faithful person. A faithful person is not one who never never sins, and it's not one who who uh, uh, never drops the ball. But when they do drop the ball, they are truthful. They they confront their sin and they take care of it. You, you ought to be known as an individual for truthfulness, for truthfulness. That uh, you don't say something just to be politically correct, or you don't say something just to please the audience that you're speaking to, or the individual that you're speaking to. You say what you say because it's truth, and because you believe it. Um, you know, you, you think about this, it says a, a faithful witness will not lie. You know, a faithful witness for Jesus Christ will let a person know when, when he's witnessing to him that if they don't trust Jesus Christ as Savior, that they'll die and go to hell. Now, I don't like telling people that. I don't. I really, I, I, I have absolutely no joy in that. But if I'm faithful, I'll do that. Uh, one of the things I've noticed from a lot of messages on salvation, from uh, a lot of tracts that I have seen, gospel tracts, and Jessie will tell you this, and she reads a lot of them and uh, orders the tracts for, for our church. Uh, many of those tracts are leaving hell and judgment for sin out. Am I right, Jesse? They're doing that. Why? Because they're not faithful. If you're faithful... You'll say even what has to be said, even if it's tough. Now, you ought to say it right. You ought to say it properly. You ought to say it with a heart of love and, and care and appreciation. But you need to be known for being truthful. So a faithful person is known 
for telling the truth. Go to Proverbs chapter 20. Here's another one. Proverbs 20. In Proverbs chapter 20, look down at verse 6. Most men will proclaim every, every one his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. According to that verse, a faithful man is one who claims God's goodness and other people's goodness instead of his own. He's quick to, to, to speak about how good God is. He's quick to speak about the accomplishments uh, of other people, but he doesn't talk about his own. It says most men, you know, in, in that verse, it says, uh, uh, it says most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. What that tells you is that all of us have that tendency. You know, if, uh, you know, if, if we're trying to lose weight, and I, and I fall into this, we're trying to lose weight, and we lose 10 pounds. Oh, man, we want to tell everybody that we lost 10 pounds. Now, listen, if, if, they're not going to notice the 10, but you won't have to say anything if you lose 20 pounds <laughs> because they're going to see it, and they'll say something to you. And, and, and oftentimes when we do that, when, no matter what it is, when we start talking about us, when we start talking about our own accomplishments, all we're trying to do is put attention on us. Now the Bible says that we're not supposed to do that. It says we're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. And then the second is to love our, our neighbors as ourselves. So we're supposed to love God first, others second, and we're on, we're on the tail end. In fact, it, it doesn't even say in, anywhere in Scripture, even though the psychobabbler uh, Christian people think, think that it does, it doesn't say, love thyself. <laughs> it doesn't say that. You know what it does say? It says in the book of Ephesians, no man hateth his own flesh. You know, I, I don't need to work on loving me. I need to work on loving God and work on loving others. Uh, the tendency is to tell others the good things that we do rather than remain silent. And, and the, the greatest blessings uh, come from things that have been done in secret, uh, things that we stay quiet about in the, in the scriptures. Jesus said this, he said that there's three things that you can do in secret that if you do it secretly and don't tell anybody about it, that God will, will openly bless you. He said if you pray, if you fast, and if you give. Uh, he says if you'll just do that and not bring attention to yourself. Now what was the problem? The Pharisees and the Sadducees were doing just that. They were, they were saying, look at us, we're religious, look at us, we're doing things right. And a faithful man will not do that. A faithful man will keep his mouth shut and just do right. A faithful man doesn't need attaboys. A faithful, a faithful man doesn't need somebody constantly encouraging him. Uh, a faithful man does, it, does what he does that's right because it's right. Because he loves the Lord and because he loves his family. Uh, a faithful person doesn't draw attention to themselves. They draw attention to God first and then to others second. Then Proverbs chapter 27. Look with me over there if you would. Proverbs 27 verses 5 and 6. Proverbs 27 verse 5 says, open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy 
are deceitful. A faithful man will rebuke a friend when necessary. A faithful man will rebuke a friend when necessary. By the way, a faithful father will rebuke and chasten his children. Won't leave it all to mom. A, a, faithful, a faithful man will tell those that he loves when they're going astray. Now, you know, a faithful man will do it in the right way. They won't be brusque. They won't be haughty. Uh, they, they won't take the thing and rub it in somebody's face. But, but where it's necessary, they will confront people. Now, one, of the, one of the big problems I'm seeing in our society today is that people will gripe about others. They will complain about others. They will, they will uh, do actions against others. But they won't confront others. And I'm not just talking about out in this world. I'm talking about right here in the church. Right in your family. You know, see something that's bugging you and bugging you and bugging you and bugging you. All right, go see the person. You know, don't go out, don't go out and, and, and spread gossip. Don't, don't harbor an attitude. Talk to them. Try, you know, one of the things that... Uh, I've, I've realized uh, in recent years that I am. I am a problem solver. Uh, now, that, that, can be, that can be difficult at times, okay? Because someone will come to me, like my wife, she'll come to me with a problem. What does she want me to do? Well, first of all, she wants me to listen to the problem. That's her absolute number one thing. She don't want me to do anything yet. She just wants me to listen. And that's okay. Okay? I mean, she's right with that. But after three minutes, I know what she needs to do. I know the answer. Why do we have to mess around with all the rest of this talk? <laughs> you know, and I'll jump in sometimes and interrupt. That's not the right thing to do. Let them talk. But I, I am a problem solver. And, and, and I see something broken now, if, if it's something mechanical or if it's plumbing or something like that, I see something broken, I call up somebody to come fix it, <laughs> okay? I don't try to do it. Uh, you know, I told Jerry Miller, he's come over a, a few times and worked on our plumbing and so forth and faucets. Uh, you know, uh, you might say, Pastor, what, why don't you fix your own faucet? Because I don't want the plumbing bill after I'm done with a, with a so-called fix that I, that I would do. Uh, it just wouldn't work. But when, when I see a problem, I want to see it resolved. That ought, to be, that ought to be our hearts, but we need to do it in the right way. If you see, you, see, you know, uh, someone that, uh, listen, if, if, someone, if someone is doing something wrong, if they continue in their wrongdoing, who's going to get hurt the most? Not you, them. Don't you love them enough to sit them down and tell them about it? Now, you know what the bottom line is? We don't. We don't want the hassle. We don't want the, you know, we don't want, we, we don't want the conflict. Uh, because we just don't really love folks the way that we ought to love them. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we, we looked at this a little bit on Wednesday night. 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 says, uh, Now we exhort 
you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. You know what I've, I, I've seen in families? I've seen kids that are unruly that are laughed at by their parents. Oh, isn't that cute? You know what? When a, when a child is disobedient, that's not cute. Okay? That's... Okay. I put this stupid thing on silent. I must have said something, and uh, he thought I was talking. And I'm not talking to you, okay? Uh, I'm hearing these voices, and I'm thinking, okay, God, are you trying to give me some cues here or what? <laughs> but but uh, uh, if, 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 if you love your kids, you're going to rebuke them. If you love your kids, uh, he that loveth his son chasteneth him betimes. And that's part of being faithful. You look, you look at when, when, uh, when Nathan, the prophet, uh, approached David because of his sin. David had gone, I mean, God, God gave him, I, I believe it was probably over a year, or right around a year, but it was at least nine months, uh, because the baby was already born uh, to Bathsheba. And uh, uh, he gave him time to repent, and he didn't do so. So Nathan went and, and talked with him. Nathan was bothered about that. He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to go to the king and, and say, thou art the man. I used to, I used to preach, a, uh, preach about that story and say, you know, Nathan came to David and pointed his bony finger into David's face and said, David, thou art the man. I don't believe that anymore at all. You read in there and, and, and uh, Nathan was was upset about the thing. He was broken hearted over it. He loved David. He cared for David. And, and I believe one of the reasons why uh, David uh, responded the way that he did was that because he was approached right. He was approached by someone who cared for him and, and loved him. Now, he should, have, he should have responded right regardless, but I think that definitely helped. Um, you know, Jesus, Jesus uh, uh, told Peter before his crucifixion that he was going to deny him three times. And then later in his resurrection body, he sat by another fire. He was, Peter was by a fire and denied him three times by another fire later on in John 21. And, and uh, he looks at Peter and says, lovest thou me? Peter says, well, you know I do. Uh, lovest thou me? Lovest thou me? Three different times he asked him that question. You know what he was doing? <laughs> he was rebuking him. Now he's doing it very kindly. But he was bringing it to his attention. You've denied me three times. I'm going to get you to say that you love me three times. See, a person that's faithful will we'll do the tough stuff. You should never enjoy giving a rebuke. And if you do enjoy it, then you've done it in the wrong spirit. But uh, you, you ought to have such an intense desire to help your family, to help your wife, to help others that are around you, that you're willing to go ahead and do that. Those are, those are the, the first four things. That have to, has to do with faithfulness in our speech. Now, the, the next three are... are if, Faithfulness shown in the way that a, a faithful man serves. Go to Proverbs 28. Next page over, Proverbs 28. Look down at verse 20. 
It says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. Uh, what that implies is that, a, that a, a faithful man does not haste to be rich. He, but, but he enjoys the true riches. He, enjo he enjoys the things that, that are, are of true value. Uh, he doesn't make money a priority. A person that hastes to be rich and puts a constant emphasis on making money and providing for the future. And I think all those things are, are good and all those things are necessary, but when they become a focal point and they become a priority, then they get out of whack. Uh, a faithful man knows what true riches are. And, and so therefore he doesn't, doesn't haste to make money. He, he hastes instead to grab a hold of the true riches. Um, he puts a, a value in, in things that count and things that are eternal. Uh, the Bible says, uh, in, Jesus was speaking uh, in Matthew chapter 6, and he was talking about material things. He was talking about the fact that, you know, if, if God clothes uh, the birds and feeds the birds and, and takes care of nature, how much more will he take care of you? And then when he got all done with that and, and basically told him, put your priorities in the right place, he says in Matthew 6, he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, you seek, you seek uh, uh, to please the Lord. You seek to serve the Lord. You seek the things that God values in your life, and God will make sure that you're taken care of. It's just, just simply getting your priorities right. And you know, this, this kind of a person, a faithful person, has a tendency to be more of a plotter than a flash in a pan. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't just uh, you know, do, the, do, do the sprint and then stop and quit. He just keeps going and going and going and going. A, a, a faithful man. Uh, will will read his Bible consistently. A faithful man will pray on a consistent basis every day. A faithful man will spend time with his kids, will spend time with his wife. And not, not just, you know, let it go for three, four months and then try to pile it all up. Uh, a faithful man will take care of those things and do so in a consistent manner because his values are in the right place. Go to Matthew chapter 24 with me, if you would. Matthew 24. Another characteristic of a, of a faithful man. Matthew 24. And look in verses 42 through 46. Matthew chapter 24, verses 42 through 46. Verse 42 says, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, 
shall find so doing. In other words, a, a, a faithful man does what he's supposed to do, whether he's being watched or not watched. He doesn't know when his Lord's going to come, but it really doesn't make any difference. Because no matter when he comes, he's going to find that faithful servant doing exactly what his Lord told him to do. Uh, you know, what do you like when the guys, when the restraints are off? Are, are you one kind of person at work and another kind of person at home and then another kind of person at church? Or are you consistent right straight across the board? Because you know that your God's watching you no matter where it, where it is you are, no matter what it is you're doing. Take your, take your Bibles and turn with me to Philippians 1. Philippians 1. Philippians chapter 1, verses, or excuse me, verse 27. Paul's talking about the Philippian church. And he says this in verse 27, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel. And in this case, conversation is not just words, but it also has to do with words and also lifestyle. He says, Let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together, for the faith of the gospel. In other words, whether I come or whether I don't come, it shouldn't make a difference. You ought to do right. You ought to have one heart. You ought to have one mind. Guys, we need to be known for our consistency. Uh, faithful people are consistent. A faithful person doesn't constantly need to be prodded. A faithful person doesn't constantly need to be kicked in the britches so that they can get motivated and do something. Uh, they, they, they know what their duties are. They know what their responsibilities are. And they take care of those responsibilities. You know, when, when, uh, when my wife and I first got married, I realized that there was a, a, a big difference between her and me. And the big difference was she came from a Christian home. She was, she was raised her whole life uh, in, in, a, in a Christian household. And they, they had devotions. But folks, I never had devotions one day in my life uh, when I was a kid. I wouldn't have even known what devotions were if you asked me if I had them. Uh, and I'm not just talking about private devotions. I mean family. She had, I, I remember going to her house, and after, after supper, her father would get out the Bible. And uh, this is back when we were dating, and uh, he would have devotions. That, in fact, as I think about it, and I never really thought about this before, that was the very first family devotions that I ever had part in. Because I, I didn't even know what they were. I, I'd never seen anything like that before. So when we got married, I realized that, hey, wait a minute. She's, 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 she's from a Christian home. I am not from a Christian home. I'm from an unsaved home. And uh, uh, so, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what I was supposed to do and what I wasn't supposed to do. Uh, you know what I, I had to do? I had to do some homework. I, I had to do some reading. I had to get some advice from people. I, I, had, I, had to, I had to find out what is it that a Christian father does? What is it that a Christian father is supposed 
to do. Now, I'd like to tell you that <laughs> I'd like to tell you that I always did it right. Uh, unfortunately, I can't tell you that because I made a lot of mistakes, and there are times I fumbled the ball an awful lot of times. But as a as a faithful person, as a faithful man, we shouldn't we shouldn't use excuses. I could have used that as an excuse. I could have said, "Hey, uh, you know." Uh, I, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, so I don't know what to do, so I'll just let my wife do it all. That, that, wasn't, that, that isn't the way God sets up the home. The husband is supposed to be the leader. The father is supposed to be the leader in the home and lead his family to do that which is right. By the way, guys, uh, I know we've got a lot of people in our, in our church who, who homeschool. Can I, can I just give you a little warning? Be careful. Be careful that... that because your wife is with the kids all the time, uh, that she ends up being the spiritual leader for those children instead of you. Now, she ought to be a spiritual leader, don't get me wrong. I, I believe that with all my heart. But uh, dad needs to get involved. And what I've seen happen in a lot of situations is that dad lets mom do the devotions when he's not home. Dad doesn't get involved in the education. Uh, dad just kind of you know, let's let's her do it. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, you you need to to grab a a hold of the reins and be be an active part uh, of that of that family. And uh, uh, you know, uh, one of the one of the characteristics of a person who is faithful is that they just do it. They know what they're supposed to do, and whether somebody's watching or somebody's not watching. They're, they're faithful in their duties. Last, last characteristic, Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. And look with me beginning in verse 14. Matthew 25, 14. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth, and hid his Lord's money after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he, he, he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, and notice what he said, and notice his commendation, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Verse 22, he also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid 
and went and hid, hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou, thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him uh, which, which hath ten talents. Now what does a faithful man do? He doesn't just do what's asked. He goes above and beyond. He'll go the extra mile. The, it, the Lord did not tell them to invest the money. They saw what they had. They knew that he was going to come back at a given time. And so they wanted to make the most of what he had given to them. And so what he did, what, what each of them did, was that they invested in one form or another and made more money. A, a person who is faithful uses fully what God has given to them. God has, you know, God has given you talents. God has given you abilities. God has given you understanding in some areas. We don't, we don't have two guys in this place that are alike. We don't have two fathers that are alike. But all of us have something, and, and some have many somethings, that God has given to you. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it for God? What are you doing with it for your family? What are you doing with it just in life? Uh, are you using it to, to the full extent? A person who uh, is faithful will look for, for opportunities. They'll look for open doors. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what, what abilities God, God has given you. It, it might be music. It might be teaching. It might be personality. Just, just your personality can be a great, great asset. Some have wonderful personalities. Other ones are kind of wet blankets, and I understand that. So, some folks are outgoing. Some folks are not out, outgoing. Some folks have speaking abilities. Uh, some have writing abilities. Some are, are handy with their hands. Whatever it is that you have, what are you doing with it for God, and what are you doing with it for others? A faithful man will do something with what he's got and will do as much as he can with what he's got. One guy was given 10 talents. One guy was given five talents. The other guy was given one talent. He did not expect, he didn't, you know, he came to the, the guy with 10 talents and he got another 10 talents. And so he had 20. Man, that's great. He went to the guy with five and he didn't have another 10. He only had five. But he only had five to begin with. So, you know, that's why comparing themselves among themselves, they were not wise. Uh, you don't have the abilities, and you don't have everything that God gave to somebody else, and somebody else doesn't have everything that God gave to you. But what are you doing with it? One of the things that scares me about this COVID-19, we've gotten used to doing little. I mean, you're still running your house. You're still, you know, you're still uh, uh, working, working your jobs. Uh, you're doing those things, but when it comes to ministry, I mean, let's face it, uh, right now, going door to door wouldn't be the wisest thing in the world to do. But what are you doing? Are you innovative? Are you doing something with that which 
God has given to you. In other words, are you faithful? What's faithfulness? Well, uh, faithfulness shows up in characteristics. Are you trustworthy or are you a talebearer? Are you known for being truthful? Or is lying or hedging on the truth total, uh, you know, a, a part of your, of, uh, of your character? Do you speak about God's goodness and what others do? Or do you talk about your own accomplishments? Do you tell people what they need to hear, or do you only tell people what they like to hear? Do you, do you put first that which counts? Do you have the right values? A faithful man will, will uh, 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 be the same person in public that they are in private. You know, again, you know, is, there, is there a by-yourself you and a home you and a work you and then a church you? Or is it the same you no matter where you go? And then last of all, do you make use of all that God has given you? You know what we need in America today? You know what we need in this church? We need more faithful fathers. I'm thankful for the dads that we have. But if Jesus Christ were to come today, if we were to hear that trumpet this afternoon, would he look at you, whether you're a dad or whether you're not a dad, no matter who you are here this morning, would he look at you and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That is an attainable goal. <laughs> that is not some pie in the sky deal. Just being faithful will get that commendation. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray that you would get a hold of our hearts, and particularly Dad's hearts this morning, about the importance of just being faithful. Uh, Lord, uh, consistency is a tremendous thing when it's pointed in the right direction. And Lord, I, I pray that uh, maybe this morning on Father's Day, uh, maybe some dads just want to come this morning and get down on their knees at old time altar and just say, Lord, help me to be more faithful. You know, uh, I remember in the Gospels, a man that, uh, actually the disciples, I believe it was, that came, came to God and, and, and said, increase our faith. Well, maybe what we need to do is go to, to come to you and say, Lord, help us to have an increase in our faithfulness. Uh, Lord, uh, we pray that you'd work in our hearts this morning. May you have your will and way. There may be someone here this morning or someone that's watching the broadcast on live stream, and they don't know for sure if the, today they die and go to heaven. The, their sins are not all forgiven, past, present, and future. And uh, Lord, they need Jesus Christ as Savior. I pray that today would be the day that they would just simply bow their heads and, and say to you with all honestness of heart, Lord, I'm a sinner on my way to hell. I need forgiveness. Please forgive all my sin and give me eternal life based upon your death, your burial, and your, resur your resurrection. God, uh, forgive my sins and help me to live for you. Lord, uh, I pray that you just do a work in hearts this morning. And as you speak to our hearts, May we respond to you and may we be 
a faithful people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. Let's